now. We are live. Good evening, everybody. Praise the Lord. God is on the throne. Amen. Amen. I wonder what it's like in heaven right at this very moment. Absolutely. But just, just sometimes I think when we say words like that and does it really give us the full picture of what we really want to know? We say wonderful and okay. Without the looking at, looking at the the statics of it, Miss Marie, I'm talking about Father sitting upon his throne and Lord Jesus being there and those trillions upon trillions, countless numbers of angels and saints around the throne. That must be absolutely, it's indescribable. We can't concede <clears throat> to anything like that now because we don't have any comparison. We don't have any frame of reference what that is like for us to see. And so what we do have <clears throat> is a black and white, excuse me, that, that tells us a little bit about it. And I guess Father's saving the best for yet to come. Amen. And yes. Yes, uh, uh, when you ask what is, what's going on in heaven and what do we think, I think we are going unnoticed from all those angels and God and everybody because nothing goes by that they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. In spite of the heavenly worship and praise that goes on without ceasing, Father still gives attention to us down here. Lord Jesus still knows very much, more than any human on the planet knows about what's going on in our day-to-day -day lives. And even to the point where when we're frustrated, he knows why. Or when we're happy or sad or whatever emotion we're experiencing for the moment, he knows exactly why that's taking place. But I, whenever I get the drive to go pick up the food, I go on the back road, Miss Marie. I like to drive by Far Scrobe a lot. Or I'll check the other road. But on those back roads while, while I'm driving, I like to look up at the sky because I'm leaving home at the time when the sun is rising. Mm -hmm. And you see the, the beam, the glory of the beam of the sun coming up on the earth. And you and I are reminded of the glory of God fills all the earth. Amen. And the glory of the sun, Jesus. And Michael says that the righteousness of the saints are going to grow brighter and brighter than the noonday sun. So that means you and I have a glow about us from heaven that the world has yet to see. Ooh, did you get that? <laughs> I did too. I just felt like, my, the anointing of God in this place right now. And... That's why I understand now what John said when he, when, when Jesus comes, he said, but first, first of all, we don't know yet what we're going to be like. But when he appears, we're going to be just like him. Let me give you an illustration. I know we're going to be talking about First Corinthians, talking about spiritual gifts and all that. But, you know, those are just a prelude to get us where we need to be with him. Amen. Okay. I heard uh, 
Pastor David Jeremiah talk about Revelation 1. You know who he is? Wonderful man of God. And he was describing Jesus <clears throat> standing in the midst of the seven candlesticks, the golden candlesticks or lampstands. And he was talking about his attire, what he had on. And he paralleled that with what Isaiah saw in chapter 6, as Isaiah wrote, he said, in the days of King Uzziah, I saw the Lord sitting up on the throne, high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Well, what is he referring to his train? He's saying that Jesus is dressed in his kingly robe. And Yes, and, and the tail end of his robe way back means that the, 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 that tells you and I he's from everlasting to everlasting. He's God. Amen. Amen. And as we look at this wonderful loving Father, it's in 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 Jesus's day and in the days of Moses, silk wasn't necessarily the top fabric. Linen was, because linen was made out of the best cotton in the world. In those days, and I think even now, the Egyptian cotton was the best in the world. And when you can get a thread count super, 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 super high, um, you will get the more finer feeling sheets, okay? But linen, think about the best linen that money could buy. I remember going shopping with my wife one time and she wanted a linen outfit. It was not cheap. Linen is expensive. Am I right? But Jesus, he has on the best garment anywhere, at any place, at any time. And he had a golden sash coming from across his shoulders, going down to his feet. And he had the best on. He, he, had, he, had, he had the best on. And so, and he's standing there as the king. And John's looking at him because he never seen him like this before. Can you imagine being in heaven and you lay eyes upon the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? And you go, and we stand awestruck. And I, I'm kind of like a man named Louis Giglio. He did some years back a tour called the Indescribable Tour. And he was looking at, the, at, at space, at the planet, the stars and all. And he was talking about how great our God is. And they, they have found a planet, a star. First of all, our, the star in our solar system is the sun. <coughs> if you allow me to reminisce about the Lord for a moment, we, 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 I promise you it's going somewhere. Our star is nearly a thousand times larger than our planet. Well, they have found stars out there that are so huge that they can't even put a number to them anymore. It's in the trillions, beyond trillions, larger than our sun. Wow. 
Can you imagine something that huge? Mm-mm. It's beyond. You, you can't describe that. And yet God is greater than that massive star. And, and the scriptures tells you in Isaiah chapter 40 that God knows every one of those stars by name. And he calls them out every night. And he says, not a one of them is out of order. I mean, you know how scientists like to say, well, the star burned out, it doesn't exist anymore. Well, not according to God's plan. He knows exactly what's happening with it. And so today, if you think about Lord Jesus and his magnificence, the world has yet to see the glory of Christ. They can't even fathom. Because if we, his children, who are blessed to kind of, as we like to say, get the inside scoop on him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you think the world? Because all the world can relate to is what's shown on television during December. Yes? And all, all the world can think of is this nativity scene. And, uh, but Jesus... He's greater than any nativity scene. Okay? He's awesome in all of his ways. The red light just came back on. For some reason, it's overheating. So it's, it's gone out. So I'm going to have to teach manually today. Does no good to have the heater on because it's trying to catch with the back door wide open. <laughs> so, we're going to go old school here in a moment. We're going to our Bibles instead of the electronics. Amen? Amen? We are going to electronics today. Well, I wish all of these could have been the Okay. Well, Father, in his own own ways, gives visions for a reason. One could be to help the person, and two, it's always for a testimony of his great name. Okay. And so, whatever he showed you, and the reason for why he showed you. It's, it was certainly to get you to know that he, that he loves you and that he hadn't forgotten you. And so, this is my old Bible. I still have Greek written on the pages. On the, on the what do y'all call it? The, the sidelines. Yeah, the leaf of the pages. All right, let's get ready to go to for the Lord in prayer. Uh, a dear friend of mine uh, is in the hospital, Rick Jefferson, and uh, what I was told this morning, they don't know if he has pneumonia or had a heart attack. And I know some symptoms can make you feel like you have the flu, it can actually be that your heart just went bonkers on you. And so I prayed for him and asked Lord Jesus to heal him. Mm 
And I had a wonderful, wonderful privilege from the Holy Spirit to look in the Greek, I mean the Hebrew for that word. It says, by his stripes we are healed. Uh, in the Hebrew it says, by his lacerations we're healed. That means cut open flesh. Because that's exactly what happened to him when he was beaten. His flesh was cut open. That whip, just like a razor, laid his flesh open. And so, to God be the glory. Um, let me do this just for a second, everybody. Let me put this on pause. Is that okay? Father, we come to you now in the precious name of your son, Jesus, loving you and thanking you and praising you because you're God and God alone. Father, when we consider the work of your hands, the sun and the moon, even the stars, Lord, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you made him a little lower than the angels and gave him dominion over the works of your hands. Father, the Son of Man is your Son, Jesus, that you've given total control, total authority, and total power over all creation. And you have highly exalted him that at the very name of your Son, Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To your glory, Lord God, and your glory alone. Father, I thank you now for your sons, your daughters that are here for Bible study. Lord, we're going to be looking at into this moment of, of love and, and, and everything that has to do with you in the scriptures here as Paul began to write to the Corinthians about their behavior in the church. Father, we ask now that by your spirit, you help us to glean from this, to learn and to grow and let our lives reflect your son, Jesus. Lord Jesus, without you, we are nothing. And we're asking now that you quieten the children, you open every heart to receive. And we're talking to everyone around the world. We don't know what your religion may be. Or who is it that you're worshiping? But we do want to declare this that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the only way in which men, women, and boys and girls can be saved. There is no other way to salvation. For his death on the cross proved that, and by his blood he washed away our own sins. And Lord, on that third day you raised your son Jesus from the dead. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord. And we just glorify your name. And by your spirit, the same spirit that healed your body, Lord Jesus, when you re-entered your body, it was already healed by the Holy Ghost. And we're asking now that your spirit, the spirit of truth, teach us now. And Lord, will you watch over Israel? Will you bring your peace and your joy, your salvation back to Israel? And allow your peace to dwell in your holy city, Jerusalem. And Lord, we're asking for these United States, which appeared to be in a moment of chaos, trying to decide, Father, who would be our next leader. But your word says it is you who sets up and tear down men from positions of leadership. 
And whatever your will is, Lord, not the will of the people, but your will be done, Father. And Lord, have your way now as we look very closely into your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Um, I, I, I'm so glad about this word. It'd be, I think it'll be okay. Current. In this portion of Paul's letter, he has to address an issue that you would think, going, wait a minute. That, this kind of activity really goes on in the church? Well, let me tell you what that activity was. These people, you had a group of them that was so religiously oriented, so religiously focused, that they thought that it was their duty to make a lot of noise. Okay? Make a lot of noise, like to be seen. And not only that, even though they, if they were able to do certain things for people, they didn't have love at all. And ministry is no good if we can't sit down at times and say to a person, listen, I do love you. If a pastor or any person, any saint who mentioned Jesus as the Lord and Savior can't go and grab another one or even an unsaved person by the hand and tell that person and genuinely say to them, I love you. Looking past their sins I love you. I and, 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 and loving that person with the love of Christ. If you can't do that, then there's a problem. Jesus has a problem with you. And so, and Paul is going to describe some things here. Just because you're able to perform certain tasks and able to come up with certain materials for people, but yet you don't have a heart for people, it does you no good. It's in vain. And so, what Paul is going to describe here in verse 1, as we'll look at chapter 13, he's going to tell us, though I speak with tongues, and actually the, the, the Greek word that should be if, translated as if, if I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Um, in Corinth, in the pagan houses of worship, their priests would literally take this instrument that's made out of brass and with some tin in it, and it would be hollow, and they would beat on this thing, and it would make such an annoying and irritating sound that it, it got your attention. But here's the thing. Those things will beat throughout the day. You never received any rest from it. And also, they would take the symbols and they would clash those things constantly. And I, I can only imagine, big brother, that the people who were doing this was probably deaf. 
It had to be. <laughs> it had to be. Okay. But it was part of their pagan worship rituals. And everybody in Corinth knew what this was. And if it was a call to do some other kind of activity within the pagan temple, whatever that activity was, these, these symbols, these sounds, well, it, it brought them to it. But it was really loud, really irritating, very annoying, and Paul basically saying it was senseless. So, what is he saying here? Though I speak with the tongues of men, in other words, if I can be a good orator, if I can really talk and, and, and move people with my voice, and you know there's a lot of folks out there that can do that. He, he's saying, and of angels, uh, we, you and I know that when God sends a messenger, people do what? They listen. Uh, one of the greatest messengers we see that got someone's attention was Gabriel that went to who? Mary. Mary. And months earlier, he had gone to John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, and because he didn't listen, uh, he was made mute until the baby was born. But Paul said, even if I, I can speak with a voice like an angel, that penetrating voice, that, that, that anointing voice of God through that angel, and I get men's attention, but if I don't have love, I, I'm just like those pagan priests beating on those gongs, beating on those brass things that annoys people. Okay? Drive you nuts. And it says, that's what it is for a Christian not to have love. Israel, if you was a Jew sitting in this audience when this letter is read, you would have known this because it was from old while they were still in the wilderness. God told Moses to tell them, you're to love your neighbor as you love yourself. yourself. And Lord Jesus even told them the first order of love is first loving who? God. Loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and will, and then Lord Jesus added mine. Okay, he said, this, this, is the, this is the first commandment, loving God. And then he said, the second one like it is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. yourself. Well, we know that's, that that is an issue, especially in the Western world. That is a huge issue. That is a huge issue because people do not love their neighbors in our country. We see people all the time in need, and yet nobody will do anything about it. We see people, and, not, and I'm not just talking about material need. How many little old ladies or little men sit home by themselves every day with no companionship? And nobody goes by and check on them. I know quite a few of at Plantation Oaks. I know one lady, she said, well, I chose to come here. Usually it's the family that put them there. But she said she chose to come there 
because her daughter works all day and she sit home by herself. Nobody to talk to. And at least there, she has someone to talk to. She's 87 years old and just as sweet as she can be. And uh, she's been coming to the Bible study with me for the past couple of years. But really adorable, sweet little lady. And all she wanted was companionship. What's another word for companionship in the Bible? Fellowship. Fellowship. When John told them, he said, our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus. Other words, our companionship, our relationship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus, and with each other. And we're inviting you to come in so that you can, what? Join in fellowship with us. That's, that's a huge thing. Um, when I was one of the pastors at the largest church in town here, I met a young lady over at Went Dixie one day, and she said, Pastor Sammy, I'm not ever going back to that church over there again. I go, why? She said, after we leave out of church, she said, during the course of the week, I will come here to Went Dixie, and I will see them, and they won't even speak to me. I said, but do they know you? She said, oh, yeah. She said, some of them I sit by. She said, how can you call yourself a Christian and you see another Christian out in the public and you won't even say anything to them? I said, but did you say anything to them? Because love goes both ways. It's reciprocal. And she said, well, I try to get to know them so I can. I said, well, do me a favor. I said, don't leave. If you want people behavior to change, change begin with who? With you. Don't you leave. You make the difference because maybe God sent you here to help make this difference. Okay? And so if you, if you can't if you can't love people, if you can't give your heart to people like that then there's something wrong. Because the Jesus that we love, here's what he told his disciples. Because I guess that loving part, loving your neighbor as you love yourself, was an issue. Because he's told them the night in which he was betrayed, he said, a new commandment that I give to you, that you love one another with the love I have loved you with. You're to love them with. Amen? Amen? And so with that, people now have a different dimension of loving people with. Because the love that Jesus loved every person with, you and I understand this. You remember the leper that came up to him and said, are you willing to make me clean? And what was the first action of Jesus? Equally with his words, he said, as he's saying, I will, the scripture tells us he reached out and touched him. Now, ordinarily, as a leper, he wasn't supposed to touch that man. Because leprosy is very, very contagious, highly contagious. But Jesus didn't care because he's the master over all diseases. Amen. Amen. 
So no disease could be transferred to him. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no disease and no sickness could be transferred to him. And so he, he reached out and he touched that man, loving him. Um, what about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well? What about her? When Lord Jesus said, go and get your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right, because you've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. He said, this you have said very well. You have said truthfully. Did he call that woman, you stupid, you any kind of words that you want to put there, did he say that to her? No. He gave her pure love. And what about the woman when he was sitting in the temple complex on the ground, and this crowd came in with this woman, supposedly called in the act of adultery, because that's what they said. They called her getting down. Okay? And notice them. Um, prejudice things. They did not bring the man, but they brought the woman. Last time I checked, it took two to commit adultery. Yeah. Okay? He was probably right there with him. Yeah, he was probably right there with him. Okay? Yeah, he wanted his life saved, but not hers. But do you remember after he rebuked them, saying he who was without sin, let him cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. And from the oldest to the youngest, dropped their stones and turned and walked away. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But when Jesus our Lord looked at this woman and he said, Woman, where are your accusers now? And she said, They're not here. And he said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Perfect love. Now, the God of the universe could have condemned her, couldn't he? Because the evidence was brought to him. And they were right that the law of Moses says such one should be stoned to death. They were right in saying that. But their hearts were wrong because they wanted to trick him. Okay, they wanted to catch him. But what you see here is Lord Jesus pouring out nothing but pure love. So his actions match his words okay and, and it wasn't a person who were too young or too old in which he didn't reach out and touch the woman who had been bound by Satan for 18 years bent over Lord Jesus healed her on his way to raise a young girl from the dead, a woman who had appeared for 12 long years, said, only if I can reach out and touch the hem of his garment. What do you think she felt when she touched him? The King James Bible says that virtue went out from him. The wonders of the Father's love, pure love, went out into that woman. And she was healed instantly. Now, <coughs> under normal circumstances, according to the law of God in Leviticus, even in Deuteronomy, a woman who had a menstrual cycle, if she went and touched someone, she made that person unclean for a period of time. This woman wanted to be healed. 
And he didn't turn around and say, woman, are you crazy? You touched me while you're like that? No. He said, who touched me? It stopped him in his tracks. And the disciples said, you, you got a crowd of people thunging you. Okay, not thunging, thunging you. There's an R in there, Sammy. And you're asking who touched you? He said, oh, I felt vertical out of me. Mm-hmm. And he turned and seen her, and he said, daughter, your faith has healed you. And so many more. Miss Vicki, we can give countless testimonies of the Lord Jesus Christ healing people. Healing them. You remember the man that was born blind in John chapter 9? Mm-hmm. And the disciples asked the most wildest question. I never could quite figure this one out, and I still can't. And they said, Lord, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Uh, how can a man sin if he had not yet been born? I don't know. I don't, okay, that would mess me up. But anyway, what did Lord Jesus say? He said, so that the works of God will be done in him. And boy, I don't know if they were ready for that, but it came. Again, the religious leaders did something so hateful. And this is what Paul is addressing. We can make a lot of noise. We can look pretty. And we can have the most extravagant structures, such as the temple was. But if we don't have love, we're nothing. Because those religious leaders of Israel, the high priest and his his team of priests, did not demonstrate the love of God to the man in which they're supposed to be drawing to God. What was the job of the priests? To draw people to God. And to teach them about God. Here for the very first time in this man's life, he gets the chance to see those that are supposed to be leading him to his creator. And what did they do? They kick him out. Instead of showing him love, they showed him hatred. Saying, we don't want you part of us. They excommunicated him. And sometimes... If we're not careful, Robbie sometimes, poor Robbie rolls me the wrong way often. Mm-hmm. And I have to remember, Samuel, your sin rubbed God the wrong way. That's why he sent his son Jesus here. And just as God loved you through Jesus, you got to love this boy. Sometimes Robbie is a hard nut for me to love. But I have to. I have to sometimes, here lately, Matthew and, and Michaela have been pushing me to the, to the limits. And, but guess what I have to do? I told them this morning, I said, right now, I said, I don't like y'all. I said, but I love you, but I don't like your behavior. I said, I'm going to always love you. But boy, it's very hard for me right now to like you because of your behavior. And they looked at me. But I'm being truthful. Love. 
What is it? Give me a definition of love. Interview. Huh? Sharing. What you just showing, you said sharing, and you said? Sharing. Karen, and you said? Putting someone ahead of yourself. Putting someone ahead of yourself. Okay. What if I told you I just gave all three of you an F on your test? <laughs> what would you say to me? I'd say quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> Not as in failing, though. Let me <laughs> what if I tell you I take uh, the second little beam that sticks out from your F and put it over to the top and make it into a T? and tell you you get a T for trying. How would that make you feel? A little better. A little better because you were trying, right? Because I, I think I shared with you before, love is so abstract, you can't reach in that big old blue pocketbook and give me some love, can you? Even if you took out your checkbook and wrote a check and you emptied your bank account, are you giving me love? No, you're not. Just what's in the bank account. You just gave me what was in the bank account and probably gonna make your husband miserable because you just gave everything in the bank account away. But 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 <laughs> but love. Yeah. Love but, is patient. Okay, you're gonna get there. So that's something you can mm -hmm. well that you can well, see. But sharing my husband and I share things, you know, we talk to one another and But he's gonna tell you about sharing. People are going to be sharing here. But it's not love. You can share without loving a person. Sharing is just simply sharing. Let's, I mean? let's go. Somebody, like, okay. We talk, we laugh together. And okay. Let's see how this plays out. Okay. So, let's look at it. So he talked about the instruments that will come. Verse 2 and say, if I have the gift of prophecy, that means I'm able to tell you some things that God wants you to know and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. nothing. So what you were just demonstrating to me in your words is that if you have abilities to do something for someone, because that's what that is, oh. extraordinary abilities, then, if you don't have love with it, yes, ma'am. Love is the foundation. Love is the foundation that leads you to do those things. Mm -hmm. Okay? Love is absolutely the foundation. And that foundation is God Himself, because over in 1 John, John says, God is love. Okay? And Jesus says, you can't have the Father without the Son, so the foundation must be Jesus, if it's God. So your love for Jesus 
will go over into you loving other people. All right? Because mm -hmm. what happens when people batter you? What happens? That's why I have to tell a certain member of my family that you have to be careful that your desire to get rid of a certain family member don't become hatred. Because you get so frustrated with their behavior, you have to be very, very careful that this don't transition over into something else and you lose love for that person. Because love will still allow you to have a relationship with that person. Don't have to be in your home. But love never allow you to stop caring and love never stop fellowship. Jesus Christ is God personification of love. You think about it. Since we've all been saved, and we've all been saved by him for some period of time, am I correct? Mm -hmm. have, you sin have you sinned since the day of your salvation? Yes. Did the Father stop loving you? No. Did the Son stop pleading your case for you? No. No. Isn't that the kind of love that we're, because you say you're to love one another with the love that I have loved you with. Love Okay, let's, let's go on. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. nothing. Okay, so Miss Vicki, this is where y'all talk about the word sharing. He said, yes, you, you can really share. But where's the love in it? for the person for the action if it's uh, love, then it would be part of the action the act of giving will still be there but what about giving yourself to that person from the heart I've gone up to people who I know that that are dirty, stink. Mm -hmm. I said, come here. I just want to hug you. I just want to hold you. I want you to I want you to feel what love is. I remember one time um, I know Jackie and she spoke. I went to a guy that I worked with. I was still in the army and I had a part-time job working at a hotel. And I know this guy was a practicing homosexual. Handsome young man, but loved men. And this one day, Spirit said, go up and give him a hug. And up to this point, I love with my words only certain people. Certain people I kept at a distance. 
But the Holy Spirit broke me that day. I walked up to him. I said, Chris, he said, yes. He come here, man. He said, what's up, Sammy? I said, I want to give you a hug. He said, you want to hug me? I said, sure. He said, okay. And I reached out and I hugged him as tight as I could. And I held him. And I said to him, Chris, I want you to feel what it's like from another man to genuinely love you with God's love. And he looked at me and go, wow. And he turned red as a beat, he was white. <laughs> Holy Spirit knew what he was doing that day, big brother. He always knows what he's doing. Because that opened the door for me to share the gospel with Chris. And for the next several weeks, Chris rejected the gospel, but I didn't stop loving him. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm, I think up to that point he was rejecting. But that night when I gave him a hug, I said, I want you to see what it's like to, for another man to hug you without wanting something from you, to love you. And when they come in, he said, Sammy, I want to tell you something. And he was just so excited. I said, what's that, Chris? He said, I went home last night and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had just been preaching the word without love, I don't think I'd have reached him. I had to go beyond my fears of hugging a homosexual and see this man in need of God's love. And then one day I came in, and Chris worked the office and I was the maintenance guy. Not cleaning up, but I repaired. I mean, I was the handyman, whatever they needed. And at the time even ran things for me and was the bouncer. The manager would have me do crazy stuff. But anyway, uh, I heard, overheard Chris talking on the phone he said, what you need to do is come out of this behavior, this lifestyle, and give your life to Jesus. Amen. And he said, if you can't come out, give your life to Jesus anyway, and he'll help you come out. I oh, walked away with tears in my eyes. I just go. <laughs> and I ended up leaving that job, but I think Chris stayed there. I, I, I don't know what happened to Chris. Um, it's been some years ago, nearly 20 years ago. And uh, I only pray that he, he remained the course with Lord Jesus. But what I saw that day, I seen a man changed. And I seen the homosexual spirit leave that man. Even though his mind still had to be trained 
and the things of God. When I seen him, he had a different spirit in him. Love. Love. So you want to take a truckload of food to someone, but you don't want to take time to get to know the person or love them for a brief moment as the Holy Spirit wants you to, then what good is it? Sometime I sit and I, I, I eat with people, I don't know anything about them. I go into their homes and my wife said, I know you didn't eat with, oh, yes I did. And sometimes, yeah, and sometimes I may not be in agreement, mm -hmm. but on the large scale of things with God, he knows what he's doing and I don't. Amen. Because I don't know what that moment means to those people and what God is doing in the spirit world with them. Amen. But all I know that I was to be obedient. When he says sit down with them, I sat down with them. And I would spend hours with them. And then I said, oh, I gotta, I gotta get home. Oh, my wife and kids, going, where, where is that? But you gotta take time for people in ministry. I'm not the minister here alone. Everyone is the word minister means servant. Every one of us are servants. And Paul is not addressing just one or two people here. He's addressing the entire Corinthian church. That you, the entire church needs love. It needs to be the recipient of love and it needs to be the giver of love. Amen. Okay? The world needs it. <laughs> and that's why I, I, I ask Father, I say, Father, help me to know you beyond the scriptures. Help me to know you beyond, Lord Jesus, prayers. And then help me give that back to people. I want to take the time for people. And I want them to see that Lord Jesus cares for them. And that he loves them. He doesn't like their sin, doesn't like the lifestyles. But he loved the person. And I want them to know that there's a cause for them being saved. And that cause is God. And it's not an insurance policy. It's a real life and death situation here. And one of these days, the king of glory is going to split the sky. He's going to split the sky. It's going to open up. And the world is going to see the king of glory. Yay. <laughs> Amen. And for some, according to Revelation... It's not going to be as easy as you think it's going to be. But those who love him, John says, you know, even Paul, both brothers, John said, we don't know what we're going to be yet. Paul says, we don't even know what God has in store for us yet, for those who love him. Okay? And John will later write, how can you say to God uh, you love him and say to your brother who you have seen, he said, how do you say to God who you have not seen, I love you, and to your brother who you have seen, I hate you. And he's not talking about blood brothers. 
I'm talking about those in the church and those on the streets. Those in the alleyways and highways and in, in, in the fields and in the factories, in the schools, okay? That's who he's, he's referring to. And if you can't go out and you can't say to that person, I love you and show it, Pastor, you, you're making a lot of noise here. And even though the person could be starving and you take them some food, let me tell you something. When they consume the food and the hunger pain stops, there's still another pain deep within their soul that's hurting. And that's the pain of what? Relationship. The pain of companionship. The pain of being loved and cared for. That's where the caring part comes in. Okay? And if we're not doing that as a body of Christ, we need to go back to the basics. And the basics is Jesus himself. He's the foundation, as you said. We need to go back to him and say, Lord, my foundation is broken. I need you to rebuild me. Because somewhere along the line, my foundation got tore up. But Jesus said in John chapter 15, he said, if you abide in me now, I will abide in you. My words abide in you, and you abide in me. He said, I will abide in you. And that means he will love you forever. Love you. And when you have the love of Jesus in you, you do genuinely care for people. <clears throat> that was a point in time that Jackie used to get on my nerves. Jackie used to come here and tell me off. I'm telling you, in front of the kids. Greg used to rub me the wrong way. And I'm just telling you that, that your pastor had problems, okay? And I had to go back to the source of love and say, Lord, I need you to help me love these people. You told me to love them, but I find myself not loving them. Even at the point when Greg came here and cussed us all out, including the kids one day. And I called the police on him and said, look. And the police said, okay, he can't come back in there. Well, today is his birthday. I gave him a cake. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> did you say that? <laughs> I didn't say happy birthday to him, but I called. I said, Greg, come on. I got something for you. I, I got a cake for you. I think I know who he is. And so today is his birthday. No, mm -mm. no, no. That's David. But we have to get beyond our personal biases and love people. And that's what Paul is telling this church here. Let's, let's move on. Love suffers long and is, is kind. Well, uh, Miss Vicki, at some point, and you ran your children, them girls did something that, that made you cry. I know, I, very, it's a rare thing for any parent to have a child that they have never hurt them. Right. Okay? But you didn't stop loving those beautiful babies, did you? Mm -hmm. My daughter, my oldest daughter, has hurt me beyond measure. And to the point with this last situation, and you all know about it, 
has ripped my heart out. And I told my wife one day, I said, she wasn't our daughter, I would kick her to the curb. And she looked at me and she said, what you saying, preacher? And then the thing with the, with the man, I, I sat him down one day and I, and I told him, listen, and I just went from A to Z with him. I said, listen, if you, if you surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I'll be there for you. Because this baby is going to forever connect the families. We, we can't change that. But you can do the right thing. He refused. I got to the point now, I told him, I said, I don't even want him on my property. I, there are certain things that we just can't condone. But I had to be careful that I wasn't going over into the area of hatred for this man. Because I still have to love him in spite of what he's done. Because we must remember, and Samuel Nelson must remember, Samuel must remember this. And I, when I'm saying remember, not just preaching or teaching it, but I must get it in my spirit and so must you. Mm -hmm. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I cannot forget that. And because of that, John 3, 16, for God to love the world. You got it. I cannot forget that. Because that included me in that number. And so Paul is reminding this, these bunch of folks that want to get up and dance and be so spiritual and be loud and boisterous. And he's reminding them, but if you don't have love, what good is it? So when someone hurts you and they're hurting you often, and that's what I try to tell Ms. Nelson, uh, people are going to hurt you, and some are going to wound you for a long time. But you can't stop loving them. You have to continue to love them. <clears throat> and this is the kind of love that, that separates us from the world. It separates us, makes us who we are in Christ Jesus, his love. Like when you said, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? That yeah, Peter. Yeah. Talking about seven times seven. And they said, no, 70 times seven. <laughs> but what people want to do, they want to calculate that 490, right? But that wasn't what he was saying. He wasn't saying, he wasn't putting a number on. He said as many, many times as it what? Takes. takes. Forgive him. And so, this thing doesn't always work like I want it. Okay. Let's look. Let's look on. We we we'll be able to finish this today, just a little bit longer because we was kind of delayed a little bit. So love suffers. That the S on the end of that means that it's going to happen. You're not going to be, um, let's say, immune from it. Mm -hmm. 
then love does not envy. Uh, why would I want to be envious of someone? Well, you can be. And that old green monster can slip up in, on you at any time. Okay? Especially in the church. Because when some people see other saints doing better than they are on certain things or getting more recognition than they are, guess what happened? Envy. So look, don't let that happen. Love does not parade itself. You know, I, I see people who do certain things in the body of Christ and they, Pastor, I did this. Pastor, I did that. And they go, who'd you do it for? I did it for the Lord. Are you sure? Because sound like to me, you're bragging here. You're doing it to bring attention to yourself. Because if you are, I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. Okay? And we're the ones in this hot seat. We definitely have to be very, very careful about that. Because it's too easy for the congregation to put the single man up here on a pedestal. Oh, I passed these certain males. Are you kidding me? Nowhere in the scriptures do we see where pastors are supposed to be getting recognition like that. Paul and Apollos were out preaching. And the folks of Ephesus said, oh boy, this one is like Zeus and this one is like, you know, the other Greek god. Talking about the gods that come down and visit us. And they were ready to kill animals and make a sacrifice to them. And Paul said, please, brother, do not do this evil. Do not do this sin. No, no. Because let me tell you who did this. The God of heaven and earth and his son Jesus did this. So it's too easy to step in them shoes and gain notoriety when you're not supposed to. All the glory and all the honor belong to God. God through the prophet Isaiah wrote, my glory I will not share with another, nor give my peace to idols. And that should settle it, right? Mm -hmm. Then it says it is not puffed up. Uh, parading and puffed up it goes hand in hand because puffed up simply means that you're arrogant. Look what I can do. I'm better than you. Okay? There's no place of that in God's house. The one who should have bragged, Paul said that he made himself of no reputation. Who was he talking about? Jesus. Jesus. He said, being God, uh, being equal with God, coming down here in the likeness of a man, okay? He said he didn't make himself any reputation. He said he didn't think it Robert to be equal with God. He didn't have the bells and whistles of heaven blowing when he came down here. God brought him in the stealth of the night in a little stable in a little small town that was considered a, a fly-by-night town, Bethlehem. Then bring him in the world in the palace there in Jerusalem in a little still, quiet sheep town of Bethlehem. Nobody even knew he was here until he came and the angels announced his birth. Mm -hmm. If anybody had a right to brag, 
Because remember when he talked to Philip and Nathaniel when they first saw them? Well, they first saw him, he already knew them. He said, when Nathaniel said, Rabbi, you are the king of Israel. And, and Jesus basically said, but you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> You're going to see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Nathaniel had no idea what the master was talking about, but he knows now. Mm -hmm. He certainly know now. Okay? Now, does not behave rudely? Uh, and let me tell you something. Sometime my old army, <laughs> my old army mentality come out of me sometimes, Dick. You've seen it. And you've seen it. <laughs> uh, sometimes, boy, I tell you, I, boy, you better get out the way. I'll tell you, you know, either get out the way or get moved. I don't come in here with that foolishness. I, I have to remember, I'm not a first sergeant anymore. I'm a pastor. <laughs> so, it's not rude, does not seek its own, okay? It doesn't have a hidden agenda. Love doesn't have a hidden agenda. It's not provoked, means uh, what you do, you can't provoke me to anger, he's saying. That's what love is saying. Thinks no evil, it is not wicked. Okay, does not rejoice in iniquity, and you do have some folks, boy, they, they, they love to see wickedness, and we have to be very careful with that, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, that means patient, bears means they're patient, okay, can endure or persevere. All things, not just some things, Miss Vicky. And I just got to brag on my sister for a minute. I know y'all ready to go home, but y'all can stay with me just a few more minutes. But I got to brag on, 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 on Sister Vicky. On me? Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to come straight out. There's a certain pastor's wife <laughs> that like to drag her hind parts in here. We're not mentioning names. And I'm mentioning in the name. Be married to her for 32 years in a few days. Oh, and so, <laughs> poor Miss Vicky, so patient with her crew, so patient. Well, I mean, with that army style, look, look. <laughs> all right? <clears throat> and I, I can be abrasive. And the Holy Ghost gets me. He gets me when y'all not around. And sometimes he gets me when y'all are, are around. Okay. <laughs> So bears all things, believe all things, hope all things, endures all things. Now, all these things are talking about believe all things. Now, he ain't talking about foolishness now. Okay? Love never fails. When you genuinely have the love of Christ in you, it's not going to fail. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. There was a point in time when God's going to cut prophecy off. Can you tell me when? Did he return? Yes! She said, why that man hollering at me? <laughs> he was sorry, real sorry. <laughs> That's why I didn't want to answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's not love. He's yelling at us. <laughs> Overwhelming. Wow. I see my wife is here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, they will fail. Whether they are tongues, they will cease. Because when Jesus, when we're in the eternal presence of our Father, Lord Jesus... There will be no need for prophecy. There will be no need for tongues. 
And whether there's knowledge, it will vanish away. I mean, because we will have the real deal right in front of us. Right? No doubt. Mm -hmm. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Otherwise, Paul's saying we don't have the full story right now. We don't have the full understanding of it yet. But, but when that which is perfect has come, talking about Lord Jesus, mm -hmm. then that which is in part will be done away with. Otherwise, all this us not quite understanding and all, the big picture about Lord Jesus and about God our Father, he said, that's going to go away because there's a time coming when everything will be completed. No more second guessing. No more speculation. Okay? No more getting it wrong. It'll be done well. And then he's going to help us grow up a little bit. Now he's telling us to get mature. Here it is. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. In other words, he's saying, Corinthians, grow up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to tell grown folks in the church that, hey, look, uh, you're not a child anymore. Yeah. Okay? Grow up. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then face to face. Uh, so he's trying to give you the image of looking through a smoke glass. And can you see things clearly when you're looking through a smoke glass? Mm. No. Oh. And mm. all right, but you see parts of because you you can make out some things. Mm -hmm. But he said, but when Jesus comes, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Clear. It'll be clear. Okay. Because we're going to be with him face to face. As he tells us in, in uh, Revelation chapter 22, he says, he said, you will be able to talk to me face to face and not die. Okay. Um, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now by faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And so, yeah, we have to exercise faith now. And yes, we do have to exercise our hope. Our hope is in Christ Jesus, the hope of glory. Amen. Okay? But when all those go, because there won't be any need to have faith when we're with Lord Jesus, right? There won't be any need to hope for things because we're with him. But his love and the love of the Father will always remain. And do it forever. And do it forever. So that's why I say love, out of all these three, he said these are great. But out of all of these, Love lasts forever. And so we ought to put on love. And if we're lacking that, then we need to go back to the source. And the source is who? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the source of love. And Paul told the Roman church, he said, and the love of God has been poured out into your heart by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost, the one that brought the love of God to us. He's the one who brought love to Mary, didn't he? When they say, hey, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall conceive. And so, to God be the glory. Any questions, anybody? Any questions? I rode around today hoping I could see some folks that I can really share the gospel with. And I hardly saw nobody outside today riding around. Beautiful day. Everybody locked up. What?
What happened to the days when folks used to sit out on the porch and just enjoy the day. Yeah, enjoy the day. Everybody want to be locked up inside. Maybe they're watching the debates and the No, this was during the day. Earlier. Okay. Super Tuesday. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not giving up because my Lord didn't give up on me. But brothers and sisters around the world, we want to let you know that Love, even though it appears to be abstract, can be very tangible. And Jesus Christ brought heaven to earth. He brought the Father to us. And the Father has not taken the Son from us. The Father gave the Son to us. That's why our Lord told Nicodemus, for God so loved the world, that he gave, he gave the world his only begotten Son. That's the manner in which God loves us. The word so, not so in quality, but manner. Father loves us this way, that he gave us love. Who's that love? His son, Jesus. And Lord Jesus say, and this is the demonstration of that love. The marks in his hands from the cross and in his feet. And the spear mark in his side. There are no grave markers for Lord Jesus. Amen. And the undertakers cannot testify. You put him in the ground, he's still there. Amen. Jesus Christ truly is the only way in which men could be saved. Love God by loving Jesus. Do you love God by loving Jesus? And since you do, love men the way you love Jesus. I have a given up here to run Marie. One of these days, she's going to be here. And we're going to pray for that. I have. Because she's in somebody prayed for me. She's okay. She's rehab right now. Well, Lord, I believe your work is done here today. You three can change the world. And those that are going to be listening to this podcast... Use the love of Jesus to change the world. Show folks who are unlovable, love them. Amen. Love them anyway. Lord knows I have to. Sometimes my flesh doesn't want to, but I have to because he said so. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful love that you gave us, your son, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we can't measure you. We can't describe you. We can't even fathom everything about you. But we do know one thing, that you're pure love. As we like to say, you're the real deal. There's no phoniness in you, and that's what your word said. There was no guile found in you, and there was no deceit, no deceit in you. You're the truth of God. We're asking now that by your perfect love that you transform our hearts, continue. Father, by your spirit, continue to transform us into the perfect image of your son, Jesus, and his likeness. Help us to go out here now and show this world who you are by loving it with your love. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
uh, next week, we um, pick up in chapter 14. And chapter 14 is going to be a very controversial chapter. So I don't know how fast we'll get through it. But come with your listening ears on. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is going to grow you. And Sunday, we get to see a different kind of ministry from the apostles, from those in Jerusalem, take place. I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to it. God bless you.